is Matt Crump. I've been known as a lot of things over my life. The class clown, the army guy, the rocker guy, the car guy, and the guitar guy. I've also made a lot of mistakes in my life, but the best thing I ever did, that's give my heart and life to Jesus Christ. He led me down a lifelong path and introduced me to my awesome bride, Rockin' Robin, blessed us with two incredible kids, and has given me a hope through some of the absolute toughest times of my life. See, I'm battling stage four cancer, and although that sucks, <laughs> it's opened my eyes and heart to a hope I never knew this way before and moments I never noticed. I call those God's Got This Moments, and they reveal hope like never before. Today, I'd like to welcome you to Hope Revealed. Well, hello and welcome back, or welcome to those of you tuning in for the first time to Hope Revealed. I'm your host, Matt Crump, and I come to you every Tuesday with episodes of Hope, Help, and Health. Sometimes we'll have guests that will give us great information and help in the world of health and healthcare, as well as ways to find hope through that information. As a person myself battling stage four cancer, I wanted to bring a platform to you that would specifically bring hope as well as help. That can be done through special guests, information I've been able to locate, and information from emails and messages I receive from you, our listeners. You can always email us here at community at godsgotthis.love for questions, comments, or content. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about the road trip and where you may be headed and who you may be uh, taking with you. I hope you'll stick around for the next few minutes, and I look forward to hearing back from you after the show today in the comments section of the podcast, because we really do value your input. And uh, you have to bear the rainstorm and thunder in the background. Quite a big storm passing by my little studio window here today. Have you ever been on a long road trip before, or any type of road trip? I've been on more than I can count, and uh, every time they've been a blast. But, you know, they can also be a major source of stress. And even though the plan for, you know, fun times and, you know, all kinds of good stuff, uh, well, let's say they're not very restful sometimes, right? All right. So one favorite things about traveling in the car with my kids uh, is that they got hooked on a Rascal Flat CD. And they love to sing those songs over and over again. It's an old one now. We hear it all the time. We listen to it for years. But it's so fun when we get in the car to pop that CD in and everybody starts singing. It's more of a tradition. Well, that's unless the iPods and DVDs get in the way these days, but one of the favorites was uh, from a movie soundtrack that Rascal Flatts covered a song called Life is a Highway. Remember that song? The song was originally written by a guy named Tom Cochran in the early 90s. Ooh, there's a big old thunder. But the kids just know this version much better. Some of the lyrics went like this. Life is like a road you travel on. There's one day here and the next day gone. Sometimes you bend and sometimes you stand. Sometimes you turn your back to the wind. Life is a highway. I want to ride it all night long. If you're going my way, I want to drive it all night long. We still laugh because our son Garam, he used to say all night long instead of all night long. He'd say all night long. He'd sing it and he really meant it. He owned it. It was so funny. It was hilarious. What's important about some of those lyrics in light of today's podcast is that life is like a road you travel on. When there's one day here and the next day gone. Life is precious and life lived importantly and intentionally is vital not only in our legacy, but for our eternity. 
One of the most commonly preached scriptures about a road and a path is found in the book of Matthew in the Bible. It's in the New Testament, the first book of the New Testament. In some Christian circles, it's preached with fire and brimstone, really designed to make a person feel uncomfortable and to lead them to repentance. They uh, deliver, maybe sometimes in their delivery, you know, it, it leaves much to be desired. How about that? And in reality, it's a hard and harsh scripture to read. There's no doubt that the scripture is true, and I feel that Jesus probably would have delivered it a bit like this. Go in through the narrow gate. The gate is destruction is wide. And the road that leads there, it's easy to follow. A lot of people go through the gate, but the gate to life is very narrow. The road that leads there is so hard to follow that only a few people find it. That's quite different than somebody saying, go in through the narrow gate. The gate through the destruction is wide. It's, it leads to hell. Ah, you know how people preach it that way? I think, I think he, probably, he probably said it a little differently. It's always my intention to bring hope in all of my podcasts and ministry. And today might no doubt feel a bit hard to handle. I guess, well, that's the point. Life is hard to handle. And many times life can cause us to make some very poor decisions. I know I have. (laughs) There are many Christians who can preach at you with scriptures like this and never really offer the hope that Jesus was giving to us in these two verses in Matthew. He started off giving us truth and directions. He said, go in through the narrow gate. That obviously means there are two two choices to decide upon while traveling on this life's highway. When you're driving in some unknown areas and wondering where to go, and then you see a ton of traffic going down the road on this super highway, it's like eight lanes of smooth traffic, and then you look to the right and you see this road you're traveling suddenly becomes really narrow, so much so you begin to wonder if you'll even be able to fit on it. Yeah. I, uh, I can remember back to time uh, when I lived in Germany, the roads uh, in Europe and Germany, they're, uh, they're built like, they're not built like they are here in America. They're really narrow, and many times... You have to wait to let another car pass you before you can go on or you'll end up hitting each other. We're talking narrow roads, right? So, so to hear a scripture like that makes me think of roads like those. Roads like those are a bit nerve-wracking. They're like white-knuckle driving, right? The kind when you're squeezing your steering wheel so tight and you become as stiff as a board. Yeah, I can feel like that. The second part that Jesus was sharing with us is that the gate to destruction... And yeah, there's some versions that really say hell. Yeah, that's what he's talking about. It's wide. And the road that leads there to destruction, to hell, it's easy to follow. And a lot of people go through that gate. I hate it. It's almost just, uh, I don't even think about it sometimes. But yeah, it's true. So yes, the easy way is an easy choice. It looks pretty smooth. Wide lanes great rest stops, awesome hotels, always available and quite affordable, right? Looks like an easy choice to choose that way. And honestly, many people would either agree with you or say that that's the way to go. Yeah, go on down the road. It's no problem. (laughs) Many of our choices in life are a lot like that. The clothes we wear, the cars we drive, the devices we have, all common, all easy to find and what many people choose. All right, Matt, so where's the hope in all this? I believe it's all hope. 
especially in verse 14 when Jesus clearly identifies the correct way and sees the gate to life is very narrow. The road that leads there is so hard to follow that only a few people find it. Yeah, this is a tough couple of verses to find what some call hope. So I'd like to share with you something that you might find quite inspiring and quite raw in its definition of these gates. It comes from a guy by the name of Alexander McLaren. He was an incredible man born in 1826 in Glasgow, Scotland. Beautiful little town my wife and I really had the privilege of staying in. He later moved to Edinburgh, a glorious town in Scotland. Robert and I were able to see the military tattoo there, which uh, we would call the, a military parade, right? It's, it's really beautiful, powerfully uh, ancient uh, town with shops hundreds of years old lining the streets up to the castle where the tattoo took place. And each year it happens up there. And then there's churches around the area that go over a thousand years old. I was just blown away by the history of the area. It was just simply gorgeous. Loved it. That's where he went after his father took a job in Australia, and Alexander gave his life to Christ somewhere between the ages of 11 and 13, and he got baptized at Hope Street Baptist Church back in Glasgow, Scotland. He'd later travel to London before he was 20 years old. He'd earned his BA degree with his main passion being his studies in Hebrew and Greek. He's a stellar guy, right? He later went on to write some pretty incredible commentaries in the Bible, including this one on the two verses we're talking about, and specifically about the gates. And I'll share that with you right after this. Hope. Less. Doors. Closed. Lost. Souls. Now, this isn't the way we like to hear these words end, and for many people, that's all they ever hear. Macrant Ministries and Hashtag God's Got This is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry I started right after I started a battle with stage 4 cancer. I'm able to engage with people every day that are lost and in need of hope. I'll soon have a book released to share hope with the world in a unique way, and we could really use your support. We've recently started the 3.30, A Time for Hope campaign. That's $3 each day every month, and it can be a way for you to help someone see their hope revealed. Your monthly support in any dollar amount obviously is greatly appreciated. And for those that want to join the 3.30 Hope community on a monthly basis, you can be a part of something incredible in a new and exciting way. We now offer ministry at least five days a week with the Monday magazine called Hope Revealed. On Tuesday, Hope Revealed podcast, available now on iTunes as well as the Podbean site. On Wednesday, hashtag God's Got This Stories on our YouTube channel. On Thursday, the hashtag God's Got This blog. And on Friday, the hashtag God's Got This Meaningful Moments Devotion. Not only are we offering ministry throughout the week, we have many resources also for free on our website as well as our new free app with many great tools available to you and it gets you plugged into the hashtag God's Got This community. Thank you so much for your generous donations. You can visit our site at godsgotthis.love backslash donations to get started today. Your support will help bring hope into the lives of people all across the globe, empowering them with a message to proclaim hashtag God's got this. Well, welcome back. And uh, I'd like to get back to that quote I want to share with you from uh, Alexander McLaren. It was in a commentary he wrote in reference to the scriptures here in Matthew. 
and uh, specifically with verses 13 and 14 we're reading today. And this is what he wrote. The gate is in view here merely as a means of access to the road. And the metaphor simply comes to this, that it's more difficult to be a Christian man than to not be one. And therefore, you ought to be one. (laughs) Now, what makes a Christian? We do not need to go further than this Sermon on the Mount for answers. The two first of our Lord's Beatitudes, as they are called, are blessed are the poor in spirit, and blessed are they that mourn. These two carry the conditions of entrance on the Christian life. There must be consciousness of our own emptiness, weakness, and need. There must be penitent recognition of our own ill-desert and lamentation over that. These two things, the consciousness of emptiness and the sorrow for sin, make I was going to say, the two doorposts of the narrow gate through which a man has to press. It's too narrow for any of his dignities and honors. A camel cannot go through the eye of a needle, not only because of its own bulk, but because of the burdens which flap on either side of it and catch against the jams. All my self-confidence and reputation and righteousness we rubbed off when I tried to press through the narrow, that narrow aperture. You may find on a lonely moor low contracted openings that lead into torturous passages that approaches to some of the ancient Picts houses where a feeble folk dwelt and secured themselves from their enemies. The only way to get into them is to go down on your knees. The only way to get into this road, the way of righteousness, is by taking the same attitude. No man can enter, unless like that German emperor, whom a pope kept standing in the snow for three days outside the gate of Canossa. He is stripped of everything, down to the hair shirt of penitence. And that's not easy. Naaman wanted to be healed as a great man in the court of Damascus. He had to strip himself of his offices and dignities and pride and to come down to the level of any leper. You and I, dear brother, have to go through the same process of stripping ourselves of all the adventurous accretions that have clung to us, and to know ourselves naked and helpless before we can pass through the gate. Further, we have to go in one by one. Two cannot pass the turnstile at the same time. We have to enter singly and we shall have to pass through the other dark gates across the wild, which no man knows at the end of life. Because it's straight, it is a great deal easier to stop outside, and so many of those to whom I speak are doing. For that you have nothing to do but drift, and let things drift. No decision nor effort is needed, no coming out of yourselves. It's all as easy as it is for a wild animal to enter in between the broadly extended palisades that converge as they come nearer the trap, so that the creature is snared before he knows. The gate is wide. That is a sure condemnation of it. It's always easy to bring in bad and unworthy things of all sorts, and there's nothing easier than to keep in the negative position which so many of my audience, I fear me, are in of not being a Christian. But on the other side, it's so hard as it looks to go in, and it's not so easy as it seems to stop out. There are two men in every man, a better and a worse, and what pleases the one disgusts the other. 
The choice which each of us has to make is whether we shall do the things that are the easiest to our worst self or those that are the easiest to our best self. For in either case, there will be difficulties. In either case, there will be antagonisms. But it is good for us to make an effort, apart altogether from the end. If there were no life eternal at the far end of the road, which at this end has the narrow gate, it would contribute to all that is noblest and best in our characters, and to be repression of all that is ignoble and worse, that we should take the lowly position which Christ requires, and by the heroism of a self-abandoning faith, fling ourselves into his arms. Remember, too, that the straight gate, by reason of its very straightness, is in the noblest sense wide. If there were anything else required of a man that simply self-distrust and reliance on Jesus Christ, then this great gospel that I'm feebly trying to preach would be a more sectional and narrow thing than it is. But its glory is that it requires nothing which any man is unable to bring. That in no invitation for section, classes, grades, or culture, or intelligence, or morality, but that in its great cosmopolitan and universality it comes to every man, because it treats all as on one level. It requires from each only what all can bring, knowledge of themselves as sinners, and humble trust in Jesus Christ as a Savior. It's a narrow because there is no room for sin or self-righteousness to go in. It is wide as the world, and like the capacious portals of some vast cathedral, ample enough to receive without hustling, and to accommodate without inconvenience every soul of man. Well, all right, that's some pretty powerful stuff. Some powerful thoughts, and really, really help paint a picture from these two short verses that Jesus spoke. I particularly like the part where he said the two doorposts of the narrow gate through which a man has to press, it is too narrow for any of his dignities and honors. A camel can't go through the eye of a needle not only because of its own bulk, but because of the burdens which flap on either side of it, like all the bags, right? And catch against the jams, the sides of the gates. All my self-confidence and reputation and righteousness will be rubbed off when I try to press through that narrow aperture. You may find on a lonely, more loyal, contracted openings that lead into torturous passages, the approaches to some of the ancient picked houses where all feeble folk dwelt and secured themselves from their enemies. The only way you get into them is to go down upon your knees. And then the only way to get into this road, the way of righteousness, is by taking the same attitude. Hmm. And that really makes the narrow gate a bit easier to see in my mind's eye, and hopefully it does for yours. To see how narrow it is that only one person at a time can pass through and our baggage can't. Jesus later mentioned in another verse in Matthew, that's a Matthew eleven thirty, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It's almost like saying, just leave your bags there and we'll take care of it from here. And then you're like, uh, there are some old dirty clothes in those bags, and I'm kind of embarrassed to even have you see them, much less for you take them from me, right? And then the response is, hey. If you're concerned about your luggage in its current condition, no worries. Management has authorized me to replace all you have with all new, clean, and easy-to-handle items, and they're waiting for you just on the other side. (laughs) What Jesus has done for us has not just given us a choice. He's given us a hope by revealing something to us that we might not have noticed without the description. 
I was on my way to a car show several years ago, and it was real late and real dark on the road and I was on, uh, that I was on. And when we came through New York on my way to Boston, I was following traffic in a real steady, real steady pace. And, and before I knew it, we were hitting some potholes that seemed like they were a mile deep. These were serious, big hole things right in the road everywhere, right? I had nowhere to turn off and no way to get around them. They were just everywhere. I thought my poor car was going to be ripped apart and the car show would be over for me for sure. If I had a description about that road prior to getting there, I would have easily taken another route. Traffic was thick and and all going in that direction, but the road we were traveling on was absolutely horrible. We all have to face this road choice in our lives. And the wonderful thing about God's grace is that somehow, someway along the highway of life, there seems to be opportunities to choose which direction we're going to. For many, the choice is clear, and they continue to choose a way of destruction. However, there is a better way, not necessarily an easier way, but a better way. We're faced with things like what Alexander talked about, such as self-confidence, reputation, and righteousness. They're not easy to let go of and trust a different way that seems to require more. It does require more, and no, it's not always easy. It's not easy to trust someone when your trust is, is in anyone has been broken. It's not easy to trust in someone for healing when you've been afflicted so much. It's not easy to abandon yourself when you're all you've got. I get it. And more than I, Jesus gets it. Oh, it's it's easy to take the I believe in Jesus road. Yeah, many do. The difference between the I believe road and the I give it all away and follow only you road are really quite different. It's like saying we trust in a prayer more than we do in a way. It's like religiously visiting church on Sundays, but living far from what is taught throughout the week and really not even having much understanding what you, what you believe in the first place. But Matt, you don't know my heart. Well, unfortunately, that's not quite the case. As the Bible says, we clearly see what's in a heart through what comes out of our mouths. I choose to live for Christ. I'm not perfect. I screw up a lot. But I chose to take the narrow path. The Bible tells us that the fruit of God's Spirit will be evident to those who walk in the way. Jesus Christ changes the entire core of your entire being, that being our heart. So then Jesus can effectively reach the core of my life, my heart. But then really that has nothing to do with the other parts of my life, right? That's, that's not how it works. All right, so let's get back to the hope part before I lose you. The hope we have is the assurance of choosing the right path. And when on that path, we find many places where we can rest, get washed up, be refreshed, and keep moving in the right direction. Now, it's pretty tempting while on this path because for many miles on life's highway, it's easy to see other paths that so many others are on. You got the lights, the glitz, the glamour. For some, it's too hard to avoid, and for others, that narrow road, straight as it may be, is one that's destination makes the entire journey worth it. That great road trip all starts with a decision. It starts with a life choice. Since the beginning of time, mankind has talked about life's roads. Many other religions discuss pathways as well, because there's a choice, and until Jesus, the choice wasn't always clear. He made it clear. Yes, we all have troubles. I'm on this path on the great road trip of life, and I made some horrible decisions even while I've been on the road. 
The joy of travel is the grace I have found on the road, and by choosing to be in the way, following the way, he's been there to help me every time and love me enough for it to be there every time I asked for it. Like I said, it's a choice. It's a choice in life. It's a choice at work. It's a choice at school. It's a choice with friends. It's a choice in life. Perhaps you're approaching these narrow gates. The pillars built on each side, built to lighten your load, not make it heavier. A pathway of clear direction with many directions to help you avoid dangerous areas that could be headed. There are detours all around us. Detours to leave that path to the other one. But the hope that we have in Christ is that he loves us so much, he not only pointed out the way, he is the way. My friends, I I couldn't help but write this and to speak this message this week. I haven't tried to avoid doing it altogether. I, I made excuses today. I made a thing. I'm being too tired. I don't have enough in me. I figured, all right, so maybe only three people are going to listen to this podcast anyway, so I might as well just skip it. Nobody's going to know. Whatever. Right? That's not what God wanted. So I had to go for it. I've told several people this week that are facing cancer that we have a choice. We could accept the diagnosis and then say we're dying of cancer or accept the diagnosis while fighting for and believing God to live life. I'd rather be a living testimony than a dead story. It all starts with a choice. And yes, life is a highway. And like my son used to sing, I'm going to ride it all might long. (laughs) With all my might and through the strength I have found in Christ, I choose life. And you can too. If you'd like to choose that path and learn more about a relationship with Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life, we'd love to share that with you. If you're tired of just believing and not living, if what you've had with God hasn't transformed your life to be a person who transforms lives for Christ, then I just don't believe you met the same Jesus I know. And he's available to you right now. Please reach out to us. You can message us through the podcast site, email us at community at godsgotthis.love. You can visit our site at godsgotthis.love or visit any of our social media sites. The point is, we're here to help you on this great road trip. Just reach out and then the journey gets even better because the destination, it becomes so clear. A short one today, but this is what God laid on my heart and I just wanted to share it with you. So before we go, I want to remember as Paul said to us from God's heart in Philippians 4, 6-9, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you have heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. In that, he surely will, my friends. The choice is yours. The great road trip is just ahead of you. Don't give in. Don't give up. And never forget, God's got this.